0: It's a strange thing to come to today, the first Sunday of Lent, and to find Jesus in the wilderness, surrounded by danger, tested for days on end. Because more so than perhaps any other time in our collective experience, it feels like we've been here in the wilderness forever. And so there's a popular sentiment right now that Lent is kind of redundant this year, that we've been in the wilderness for so long that Lent doesn't really make sense. Why give up something now when we've been doing that for months? I get that feeling, and in many ways I share it. And... I don't know that I've actually been engaging this past year like I would if it were Lent. Now, if by Lent we mean a time of isolation and disorientation, of deprivation and of suffering, then I understand it. There's little doubt that we've been enduring these feelings for nearly a year now. And... The purpose of Lent is not punishment or deprivation. The intent of this season is to bring us back home to God. To prepare us to encounter the risen Christ and to help turn our hearts and change so that we can recognize the realm of God close at hand. So, in this way, as exhausting and as trying as this last year has been, for me, I actually wouldn't call it Lent. And so here's a kind of a strange confession. These last couple of weeks, as we've made our way to Ash Wednesday, I found myself relieved almost, yearning to begin this season again. Even now. You see, Jesus' time in the wilderness, initiated by the Spirit, wasn't about punishment either. It was about testing. As in, to see what Jesus was made of. And this experience of testing, of, of preparation inherently involves risk the assurance we receive at baptism of belovedness the assurance jesus receives and the assurance we receive is not a path away from pain and suffering but the promise of presence within it and that if we are attentive To our intentions and honest in our examination, in this liminal space, a new way forward will be found. It seems that it's the news of the arrest of John the Baptizer that pushes or pulls Jesus from this time of testing. And he emerges with a clear and compelling call. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. It's so characteristic of this gospel that in one sentence, he's in the river. In the next sentence, he's tested by Satan. And in the last sentence, Jesus is ready for business. Unlike the kind of more dramatic encounters with the tempter that we see in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke, Mark wastes no time. In this clarion call, the author quickly and decisively orients us to what Jesus will be about. And here are the essential concepts for this realm of God, words that are critical for us in our wilderness, the fulfillment of time, the reality of repentance, and the necessity of belief. I'd like to start with the word that feels the most uncomfortable, repentance. This past week, I found myself in a small group of believers engaged in uh, some demanding conversation, the kind of conversation where your throat constricts because of the hard truths that are being shared. For the last couple of months, I've been part of a cohort of men, all of us priests or pastors, learning about feminism for men. The courses are taught and guided by women, and we've begun using texts of U.S. black feminists like Barbara Smith and Audrey Lord, Octavia Butler and Sadia Hartman. The process of unlearning and relearning history patterns, and practices has often felt uncomfortable, heartbreaking, and painful. And it was in a, a recent session when we were talking about our motivation, what drives this work for each of us, that I realized a deep hunger that I have for this work. That I am tired of living this way. Of being bound up in a system that twists us all. Deforming us from the image of God that we are created to be. It is not news that the effects of the patriarchies of this world are corrosive in their diminishment and denial of women and especially of women of color. And that in the process, the men who perpetrate them are deformed as well. As I began to speak from this place deep within i found a an upwelling of desire and maybe even of some hope i don't want to live from these pernicious destructive expectations and structures of what it supposedly means to be a man And particularly a white man. And I don't want my boys who are becoming men to be deformed by them either. I want to change my heart and my ways. At the same time, I know that there is much, much more learning and unlearning ahead. I can also sense that there is healing along this way. On a path towards truer, more real and right relationships. If the realm of God is about the liberation of those who are bound and burdened, then I want to join Jesus in bringing life and healing and freedom for women and for men. For all. And I have the sense that this is what repentance What metanoia is. The change of mind. The change of heart. The reforming of your heart to the good. The coming home again to that deepest part of yourself. That deep belonging place created by God. Where do you need to come home? And this process of coming home, of reforming our heart, leads to that other verb that Jesus uses in his call believe. Remember, believing is not something. It, believing in something or someone in the context of the Gospels is not about cognitive assent. What you believe in, the Greek pisteo, is about where you put your confidence and with whom you give your trust. And that trust fundamentally belongs to God. And in the context of this passage, believing is not something that we do in isolation. Believing is found in community with others. For we do not come to believe on our own. C.S. Lewis once said that friendship begins with the following observation between two strangers. What? You too? I thought I was the only one. That's why we walk this pilgrim path in the wilderness together. So that we can lean on each other. So that we can point to the Holy One and trust with one another. I think that was part of what shifted for me in that conversation this past week, realizing that I was not alone in wanting to repair this breach, that we were all yearning to trust that God is reforming us, our lives, and this world. Jesus knew what the wilderness was like. And he also knew what the wilderness could be for. That even when surrounded by wild beasts and tested to our limits, the promise of the wilderness is the promise of re-creation. With attention, and intention, it can be a time of return to our deepest place of belonging, with people alongside helping us to trust that God will be there to meet us. And the time is now. This was the call of the Christ from the edge of the wilderness. The time, the right time, the kairos time, God's time of fulfillment is now. Now is always the time to be courageous. Now is always the time to trust. Now is always the time to hope. For the realm of God is right here, right here, close at hand. Open your heart, trust with me in this good news, repent and believe.